We want to keep Jerusalem
stand, <clears throat> excuse me, please stand for the call to worship. Rejoice and be glad in the Lord. God is the hope of our salvation. The Lord blesses the earth with rain. Crowns the year with bounty. The Lord <clears throat> silences the roaring seas. The Lord gifts us with visions and dreams. God takes away our shame. Rejoice and be glad in the Lord. God is our hope of our salvation. You may be seated. And while we're being seated, I'm going to come to you fellows over here for our children's message. So I want you to help me count, okay? I want us to count how many people make church happen, okay? So who was the first person that we saw speak today? Was it Mrs. Chambers? We saw Mrs. Chambers do the announcements, right? All right, so that's one. All right, who came up and played the piano after that? Miss Jen, right? So that's two. And then, oh my gracious, I need the choir to stand up because I can't count it from memory. So how many, Miss Nancy and Mr. and Miss Mena and Mrs. Foss and Mr. Castoro and who did I miss? And David, Mr. Crockett and the pastor. So we're up to what, nine? If it's pastor's map, we're up to like 19 now. Okay, but who else in here helps us have church? Did we say Miss Mary yet? We didn't say Miss Miss Sulik, so that's 10. Who else helps with church? You know, we got Miss Crystal. And then there is other people that help. Do you know that everybody sitting in this room helps with church? I counted it's it's 35. So now we're up to 35 plus the six people that are on the computer is 41 and then guess what there's people at home praying for us that that we're having church that have that aren't watching online are here so that's a let's say a million so today mr castoro for the official records mr castoro is the chair of sbrc we have a million and 46 people at church today active give or take and then pastor's map, that's 2 million, a little bit higher. But everybody has a place helping with church. They're either praying for us or they're doing something here. And everybody has a place. Everybody has an important place in church. Today, when I share with the congregation our sermon, we're going to talk about some people have some places that they feel are really important. Some people have some places that they feel really important. And sometimes they get upset with each other because they want to make sure that their important things are important. But what I want you to remember and what I hope everybody gets from the sermon is all 4,867,000 people that are involved in church today have something that's important and it's because they care about us, okay? So let's pray. Dear God, thank you for the 10 million 
587,000 people that care about us. Amen. Thank you.
please be in a spirit of prayer. God of eternal return, our hope comes full circle when we find our rest in you. After times of exile, home beckons through the fellowship of those who share our journey, our struggles and strife, our hopes and prayers. Be with us in this time of worship that we may claim unity as your people and find grace in your fellowship. Pray now with me the Father's prayer as printed. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Hear these words of assurance. When our strength fails, God send others to our aid. When we stumble and fall, God picks us up and brushes us off. Trust the one who never leaves us, the one whose steadfast love endures forever. Today's scripture is for, from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believe, as the Lord assigned you each. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. The word of God for the people of God. Okay, everybody sees me with my phone in my hand. I am not checking the Padre score, I swear. Although I do have a spy at the ballpark right now amidst the many people who 
my dear daughter has done so much this year and has worked really hard and she wanted to be down amongst the masses today. So I told her I could flip slides on my phone. That's where she needed to go. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed. I haven't missed a slide yet. I, I only fell asleep once. So, and that's when I was speaking. So it's, we're going to make it, I think, but um, Annie's down there having a good time and and here we are. So I promise I'm not checking the scores because the game doesn't start for another hour. I'm going to get done real quick so that we can see the game. <laughs> I want us to join together in prayer, and then we'll talk about the Apostle Paul for a minute. Precious and loving God, be with us today as we look at this scripture from 1 Corinthians. And we, we really weigh through what the Apostle Paul had to deal with. The excitement, the passion, the, the, the multi-leveled understandings. Precious God, today as we deal with what Paul dealt with, we also see how we still deal with it. But we still have one generalized focus, Christ alone, our cornerstone. Weak made strong in the Savior's love. Be with us today, Lord. Thank you for all that you create. Amen. Let's talk about Corinth for a minute. I got I to share everything with you that the Apostle Paul is dealing with in this. For us and our current understanding, I want you to begin to think about New York City. I want you to think about a place where many, many people travel to, a major travel hub, uh, for wherever you're going, especially if you're going on international flights out to the east of here, New York is a major hub for travel. Every culture, every background, every understanding flows through New York City. Even if we go back to the foundation and the development of what we know as our current United States of America, individuals traveling through Ellis Island for a new opportunity and a new hope traveled through what we currently know as New York City, the melting pot of America. Within that, we had people from every background, every culture, every understanding traveling to the land of new hope and new possibility to find their shot. I want us to think about that reality as we think about Corinth. Corinth was a major travel route. It was a major trade area. So many different people from so many different backgrounds, different cultures, different understandings had to travel through Corinth to get what they wanted to have and to get where they wanted to go. That is who the Apostle Paul is speaking to. He doesn't have the blessing that a Drew Davis has at 1501 Kelly Street to speak to a collection of people that have lived in Oceanside for X amount of years and have the same generalized understandings and the same generalized concerns. 
The Apostle Paul didn't have what Drew Davis has, a collection of people that have actually maybe heard the name Jesus Christ at least once. Jesus Christ was not a name that had started to be spread yet because Paul, Barnabas, and Titus hadn't gone to work quite yet. So we have individuals that are coming in to hear Paul share a message that will hopefully transform their lives to a new way and a new path, but the Apostle Paul has to do it with the same amount of people that are supporting our worship service today, all 40,895,462 people. That many different varying understandings and ideas. So as we look at the scripture, and we look at the Apostle Paul trying to share the individualized truth of the new way that was sparked by the actions of Jesus Christ, the new way that 12 other people had the opportunity to follow firsthand, but even when we read the writings of four of them, even they don't agree with what happened at times. We see everything that the Apostle Paul had to deal with. But there is a blessing that the Apostle Paul had to deal with. It was the passion and the vigor that came from the individuals beginning to hear this new message and they wanted to be a part of it, but they were joining this new message in this new way through the 80,942,742 different ways that they brought to it. I'm going to lose count on doubling this every time that I share it, but I'm going to try. They brought their own backgrounds into it. Now that opened some doors of hope, but it also opened some doors for concern for the Apostle Paul as he shared this message. He is laying the foundation of what Jesus Christ did. One of the first voices for many of the people who were there listening to this message. And he needed to lay the simple truth that God through flesh came to die, to be buried, to rise again, to take care of the greatest needs that exist in our lives. That's the fact that the Apostle Paul had to share. But as he shared it, he also had to share it through the lens of the understanding of the 160 million people who were also listening to this message the backgrounds of other individuals that they have heard who have come to be advocates of a better way, to be individuals that had inspired them from their cultures to find a footing in hope so that they could do better things for the greater world. None of that was bad. None of that was bad because it was an inspiration of hope within their life journeys. And now the Apostle Paul is sharing the new hope that brings completion with all of those journeys. 
in the heading of this scripture, at least in the Bible that I carry around with me in the in my backpack. The title of this is the Apostle Paul deals with conflict. Now I want us to think about all the ways that we deal with conflict in our lives. And sometimes we begin to deal with misunderstandings and we receive it as spite, but it's really not spite. It's 320 million different understandings fighting against each other to get to a common point that we hold together, that there is one truth, one hope, one fact, one redeemer, one new way, one restorer. But we live with it through our own lenses and our own understandings. It produces conflict when we're busy fighting against each other because when we find new things in our lives, we build our own foundation to those things. We have to stand on what we understand and what we comprehend because it makes us feel better. It gives us a sturdy place to run back to when things are going wrong, and that's okay. But the challenge within this and the challenge within the scripture that Miss Sulik read today is the reality that we have the Apostle Paul advocating for the middle ground. We find our foundations. We build our foundations. But we have to find the cornerstone to where those foundations meet and hold things together. I have a brick in my office, I think. I'm constantly redecorating my office, so I have to put the word I think in this. I have a brick in my office, I think, that I got from the Guthrie Center in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. If you know the last name Guthrie, Woody Guthrie was a folk musician who wrote the song, This Land is Your Land, and his son Arlo, who I I admire a lot, wrote a song about an old church that turned into a place where everybody gathered and he threw his trash in the wrong place on Thanksgiving. But I have a, a brick in my office and it's a cornerstone brick that I got from the Guthrie Center and inscribed in the brick is the word peace. It is a keystone is what it's called. And the keystone is that last brick that goes when two different sections come together. And it's the keystone that locks those places together and gives it support and foundation. Two large masses of things that may be built on different elements. It could be stone, it could be clay or wood or whatever. But this keystone is the one thing that holds these different structures together and gives them support. I want you to think about that as we hear these words from the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is dealing with this one giant wall of, I lost count, 390 million different understandings and this other wall 
of 320 million understandings. And this one keystone is what the Apostle Paul is trying to share is the thing that will hold them all together. And it's a blessing that the keystone that I have sitting in my office has the word peace inscribed in it because the keystone that the Apostle Paul is speaking about is the Prince of Peace. I want us to think about those things because what happens within our reality because of the 9,010,000 things that we bring to the different table is this, when we move into it with our passion, sometimes our passion takes over where we should be looking for the keystone. Sometimes our passion takes over when we should be listening to new things and new ideas and move towards the new way that the Apostle Paul is sharing. And all 120 million different ideas working against each other sometimes makes it hard to see the presence of the keystone of peace. I stand here on a journey that started way back in Martinsville, Virginia, as I understand through my Wesleyan understanding of grace when I was born through provenient grace. But for me, I put the starting point of 14 years old at Cornerstone Baptist Church when I had my interaction with justifying grace and proclaimed Christ as my savior. So my journey from my beginning of faith had a lot of Southeastern understanding to it. And it is okay that it started that way. Because here's what happened. Along the journey, my life interacted with other stories and other journeys, just like the 240 million people that the Apostle Paul dealt with. All the different stories and the different journeys that intersected with each other. And Jesus Christ taught me along the way as long as I focused on the keystone of peace. It's actually okay to listen to the other 480 million stories that we are hearing. And the more different stories that we hear, the more that we see the weight that the keystone of peace carries and the true support that comes from the one the Apostle Paul proclaimed as the new way. Our differences matter. Our differences are important because they give us our individualized identities. But as long as we're willing to listen to the 960 million different stories that exist in our lives, then we can grow and transform and see the true strength that exists in the keystone of peace. I don't think that I can do math higher than 960 million. But the keystone of peace carries the differences to a place 
of care and comfort. Now, I do want to address one more thing, a part of this scripture. And I love how the Apostle Paul shares this. Let's see. There it is. All of our journeys come a part of these different ways, and they're all important. But I love the way the Apostle Paul shares this phrase. What then is Apollos? And what is Paul? Servants through whom you believe as the Lord assigned to each. I love that the Apostle Paul refers to himself as a thing. What is Paul? And what is Apollos? Let me rephrase that in our understanding in the current times of what the Apostle Paul dealt with in Corinth. What is Greece and Rome and Great Britain and London and Afghanistan or Martinsville, Virginia or Tupelo, Mississippi or insert your hometown here? What are these places? They're the foundation. But who waters that seed? Who helps that seed grow? Who helps that seed find potential? It is the keystone of peace that we see in God. So I want to share with you, your foundation is important. Your journey is important. And when another journey and another background comes along, it becomes important to focus on the cornerstone of peace and to open our ears to hear that story and that journey, because that journey can transform who we are. I guarantee you that I am not the same person I was when I was 14 years old. And God does not want us to continue to be that person either. God wants us to listen, to learn, to grow, to find the keystone of peace through journeys that we don't have a direct connection to and to be able to say, even though the keystone of peace holds us all together, on the night in which Christ gave himself up for us, he was displaying through his message the reality of a journey of differences. Jesus Christ was sharing through his reality and his actions the opportunities that exist when we focus our hearts and our desires on the keystone that holds everything together. And that, yes, a journey of differences can bring confusion and trust, frustration, but it's the keystone of peace that brings hope, love, and joy. He shared the actions that he would do to pull that all together. On the night in which Christ gave himself up for us, he was celebrating the Passover feast, and he took the bread, and he shared with those around him, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. As often as you eat it, do it in remembrance of these. And on that evening, he took the cup and he shared the cup with those around him and shared, this is my covenant with you that exists now and forever. 
no matter the 220 billion different journeys that take place in our lives, this one cup is a covenant for all. Precious God, we thank you for these gifts of bread and cup, and we ask for you to make them as your body and blood for us. As we celebrate your life and the mystery of faith that Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Please bless us here today and surround us with your Holy Spirit. Help us be your presence and your peace for one and all, as your actions is the presence of real peace for us. Amen. Please receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. This is, excuse me, this is the prayer of giving. Bountiful God, we are overwhelmed by your generosity. You water the earth with life-giving rain. You clothe the meadows with flocks. You deck the valleys with grain. You crown the year with your bounty. We give you thanks, O God, and return to you the fruit of our labor on this good green earth. Receive our gifts with humble thanks and receive our hearts into your keeping. Amen.
Good morning. Last week, we celebrated our accomplishments over the past year and look forward to new ministries in the coming year. Uh, this week, uh, SPRC has asked all the congregation to celebrate and thank our minister for the work and for the dedication over the last two years. He has kept us healthy mentally and physically and spiritually during this time. So we'd like to make this a Pastor Appreciation Day and thank Pastor Drew Davis for all of his efforts. We are truly blessed to have him as our pastor. Should I open this box? Everybody will want to know what's in it. Is it okay? You're the boy. You're the minister. You're the pastor. <laughs> but what is Drew Davis? <laughs> Let's see. It's a box. Now you're in trouble. And I'm not a good Southern person today. I didn't bring my knife with me. My kids get mad at me on Christmas because I take forever to open. Oh. oh, thank you. It's thank you notes and letter. And paper? Oh, I love it. I always like sending out cards and stuff. Thank you. This is very awesome. Thank you all. It, it is, as Hunter stands up here next to me, and, yeah, and, and Annie and Gretchen with their other congregation at Petco Park today. <laughs> it's a true blessing to be the pastor here. Uh, really just an immense blessing. Thank you for the support that you have shown me and Honor and Annie and Gretchen. And it is just, it, I, 1501 Kelly Street is where I want to be for a bit. So thank you. Thank you. All right. So here is the keystone that I was sharing with you. And there's a poem within the keystone uh, written by Woody Guthrie. So instead of the benediction that I put, I will read this as the benediction. It's my peace by Woody Guthrie. My peace, my peace is all I've got that I can give to you. My peace is all I've ever had. It's all I ever knew. I give my peace to green and black, to red and white and blue. My peace, my peace is all I've got that I can give to you. My peace, my peace is all I've got. It's all I've ever known. My peace is worth a thousand times more than anything I own. I pass my peace around and around across my hands, every hue. My peace, my peace is all I've got that I can give to you. What do you got three? May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And also with you. God is love. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Oh, you'll see more. 
to see you too. Both of us will see you too. Yes, ma'am. Stephen and Kathy. No, the only ones I saw were Stephen and Kathy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Well, I love the thank you notes. So, yeah, I love it. Absolutely. Thank you. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. I'll do it. You too. Well, the game starts in 40 minutes. 